It's a kitty cat running around. Is there? Sounded like it. No, that was me adjusting myself on the couch. It's like, you're a kitty cat now. <laughs> I thought someone was running around in the background for a second. No, I was sitting up because I was laying down. It's a way to, what a way to start this podcast. Hello. <laughs> Confusing me with a kitty cat. It's true. Welcome to this week's episode of the Season Lamb Check of OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. This is episode 172. I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc, Al, and Ladium. Hello. We're going to talk about some stuff today. We are. Because what else have you been doing lately? Probably not much. Yeah, probably not. So we're going to talk about stuff that we've been doing. And you can do you can listen to it while you're also doing other stuff. Yay! <laughs> That's how podcasts work. It is. Uh, we've been playing through some stuff recently. Uh-huh. Um, we're gonna talk about some of it today, and we'll talk about some of it next week. You know, just just do some do some things. You've you've been diving deep into the trails in the sky stuff uh-huh. over the past month or so. Yeah, probably multiple months now. Um, so you're gonna talk about the second game in the series. Yeah, second chapter, and also the third, and the third, which you had a heck of a time getting all set up. Yo. God, that sucked. But I did it. <laughs> you did do it. So proud. I managed of to do it. Uh, I'm gonna talk about that that Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing and that Butts came Island out, came out last Friday. Or Butt Island. Butt Island, please get it right. There's Sorry. A, there's an umlaut over the U, so to get through censorship. <laughs> oh my God! It did just come out though. Yes. Uh, Man, people are saying that, like, this might be one of the best-selling Switch games of all time already. <laughs> Do you think that, like, the COVID virus is affecting that? I, I think that helped, but also there was a lot of hype going into this game. There was a lot of hype, yes. So. And also, I've already been seeing the people who have been like, I don't get this game. What's the appeal? <laughs> After getting it, it's like... Yep, knew this was coming. Yeah, that was this was not made for you, buddy. Yeah. Honestly, here's here is how you should describe Animal Crossing to people. It's a mobile game. Yeah. Cuz that's basically the trappings of an Animal Crossing game. It's what a lot of mobile games have become. It's a game you you go into for a little bit and then you have you get blocked by some stuff and then you're like, "Okay, we'll put this down, come back later maybe, or I'll come back tomorrow and play some more." That's the Animal Crossing loop. Um, but like, I think with this one, they've added a lot more stuff to make it so like, you're not just going, you're not going in for like 15 minutes and be like, oh, I can't do anything else. (laughs) I shaked all my trees and sold all my stuff. Now what? Uh, so like the biggest thing they added in this one is that there's crafting. Okay. So they've shown off in all the trailers and everything. Um, so like you can smack trees for wood, different kinds of wood. Um, you can just find a bunch of stuff just in the environment to use as crafting supplies. Um, and that means also like your tools have degradation. So your tools are no longer just like infinite use like they were in the old games. You are constantly making new tools. Even like if you have like the better kinds of tools, they will still run out and break and everything. So you have to go make new tools and all that sort of stuff. I don't love that mechanic. Mostly cause like, obviously you know me, like I don't, I'm not a big fan of like, weapon usability and degradation and all that sort of stuff. Right. But 
I feel like if they didn't have that in this, like just the entire gameplay would be broken in a way. Because like, why would you have all this crafting stuff and then have all your tools be infinite? Wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But it is, you know, it is what it is. But like a lot of this is like you can like you can craft a bunch of just like you can craft your tools, everything. You can craft basically like a ton of furniture. So like people will come up and be like, "Hey, I learned about this. You want to learn it too?" And you're like, "Heck yeah! Give me your recipe card." And then you 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 learn it. And you're like, "Oh, I can make this. I don't know. I can make a refrigerator now. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in my house." So that's 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 the big key loop in in the in the game now. You get a phone, like a cell phone. A cell phone. It's a Nook phone. Oh my god. <laughs> Tom Nook's in the in the cellular business now. Oh my god. Um. So that that, that holds a lot of like different uh, usability as well. So like you can. That's how you access like the camera for photo mode. Um. That's also. This is how you like you redeem like your Nook miles, which is like a new new form of currency that you can you can do for like basically doing things on the island. Like oh. You pick you you planted fruit trees, you get a stamp, you get miles for it, and it's just like a bunch of like you know little little mini quests like that that you get to do here and there, and then you can redeem those for like specific things that you can buy at this little terminal. So like, you could buy new uh, recipes, you could buy like hairstyles, and then there's some like bonus uh, furniture and stuff like that you can buy as well. Uh, also, this is how you buy like a ticket to like a specific island you can go to, which basically would be, like give you an opportunity to like go get new materials and stuff that may not be on your island, um, which is which is fun. That does give you the the option though of running into perhaps the most terrifying thing in this game, which is Tarantula Island, Ew. an island full of tarantulas. That's awful. That is awful. But apparently they sell for like a lot of money if you catch them. <laughs> yeah, but like that's like one of your biggest fears ever. And they 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 will they'll come at you. They have no fear. And they'll beat you up. <laughs> Terrifying. Um, so yeah, that, that's a that's a thing you can do. Um, but yeah, the the it's it's Animal Crossing. It, if you you kind of know if you played Animal Crossing, you know what to expect. You're, you know, you're shaking fruit. You're turning in fossils, turning in bugs and fish to the museum. You're fishing a lot. You're hitting trees. You're catching bugs. Talking to your neighbors. Making your house look all fancy or how fancy as you want it. Paying off your loans, all that sort of stuff. Um, it feels a lot easier in this game compared to the other ones, which I, the last one I played was the 3DS one, and that was a long time ago. But it feels a lot easier in this one to like kind of like go hang out with friends and stuff, which is a it's a fun little thing. Obviously, like that's a that's an easy way for you to be like, oh, I need I need this kind of fruit. Who out there that I know has this fruit? Oh, I'm gonna go there. They're gonna give me this fruit, and I'm gonna go put it in the ground. I threw it in the threw it on the ground. <laughs> uh, but it's also it, the way that they set this up is like it makes it a lot easier for like the early game to where like if you if you get this game a lot later than like other people do, you could go to like your one of your friends' island and let's say you're just starting out, they can give you like recipes for like some of the the later items that you would eventually acquire like a few days later. So like you could get the pole vault early, you could get the ladder early. Um, compared to like how the game kind of gates you from getting those to like the second and third day, so like it that that would help you with like exploration of your of your island, um, and kind of get you more mobile compared to just how the game presents it as well. So like it's an interesting little thing that they kind of can let you do with that, and also like you know you could be like oh I need I want this sort of thing, let me get a friend that can make this for me, and then you'd be like oh right, here you go, bam, 
done. But yeah, it's it's Animal Crossing. It's what you'd expect. <laughs> I made Butt Island. I gave you a tour of how you you enter Butt Island. I'm so proud of you. And you get to see the weirdness that, that is Butt Island immediately, where it's like <laughs> you come off of the airport, you you walk off the pier, and like you know, there's some nice flowers, there's a sign that just welcomes. It says "Welcome to Butt Island." You're like, oh, this is nice. And then there's just like this weird rock that looks like a tombstone. <laughs> Maybe it's not a tombstone. Maybe it's just like a nice, like, welcome to the island. Do you know? It's written in a different language. You don't know. That's the mystery of Butt Island. I'm going to get a History Channel show. We're going to go for like 30 seasons and we'll never figure out the mystery. But we're going (laughs) to keep telling people that the mystery is out there. Oh, my God. We're going to keep digging for that gold. God. (laughs) God. My dad loved that show. My dad loves that show. Oh my god! And I, I always like see different episodes of it. It's like they're just doing the same thing same over and thing, over, over and over. This has been going for like five seasons. When will the mystery be solved? Never, never. That's the thing. Um, but yeah, that that's it's Animal Crossing. You can, there's a lot of design tools, obviously. Because that was a big thing in the previous ones. You can basically use like uh, the the Nintendo Switch Online mobile app, mm-hmm. and use like um, use that to imp- import designs into this game, which is mostly used for like the older de- older designs from like the the older games. So, like you can grab QR codes from the older games and put them into here, or just like there's a website that like you can throw an image in there and it'll spit out a QR code that you can put into the game. So I have in my house a picture of the the Mari face where she looks like the cat and she's stuck in the snow. Oh my god, good. There is a secret place on my island somewhere where you get to see the Chibiusa face. No, not that one. No. That one, yes. No. <laughs> it's no. hidden on the island somewhere. If you find it, no. You'll know what's up. No. <laughs> so that's there. No. <laughs> Also, I took time over the weekend to make a make a cool jacket and hat. You did, and it looks great. I made the the outfits from the the first song from the the Love Life Sunshine movie. Mm-hmm. So I made Johanny's jacket and I made the third year's hat. Surprisingly easy. I was kind of I was like I was I was shocked at how like simple it was to like just put that in. Like those jackets are very simple in design, really, because it's like a few colors and they're like just lines essentially. But like it was easy to make. Came out looking real good. It looks I was really like, good. I was like, heck yeah, let's do this. So that's cool. And you know, people have been making a bunch of other fun, neat stuff that you can put out, put up, put out into the world in there. You can also like, there's a thing I just unlocked today where like, you can uh, you can customize your phone, you can get like a customized phone case for it. Oh, so that's cool. So lots of stuff. Uh, there's still a bunch of stuff I haven't seen yet because, like, obviously we're very early into the cycle, and I'm not a, a cheater, <laughs> time skipping cheater. <laughs> so, like, I haven't seen everything that there is to to see yet on the island and all this sort of stuff. Like, I haven't had I've I built three new houses over the weekend, and all the neighbors have not moved into those houses yet. So, waiting on that, waiting on some other stores to come in eventually. I would assume, just from playing the other games, and obviously, and then. Some other characters to show up, but yeah, it, it's Animal Crossing. You kind of know what to expect if you played an Animal Crossing game. Just it's Animal Crossing, but more. And if this is your first Animal Crossing, just figure, just remember, like, yo, these are slow, slow burn games. Yeah. 
you're not going to be playing this the game for like a million hours on day one which i will say like they actually do a good job of like making the first day less of like oh you're playing for 10 minutes and then you cannot do anything because like i was going into this like on the on the midnight release thinking like oh well it's gonna be midnight nothing's gonna be open so i can't really do anything but like they basically kind of fill that like that first maybe half hour to an hour of like into like a non-linear version of time so like it, it, it exists outside of like what the time is normally for you to like get you set up on the island and everything and like oh well we're gonna get the the new uh people on your island to get their houses all set up get your house set up get like that sort of stuff go up and going and then like once you get all that done then like it's like oh well now you get to go in real time and everything so like it does a a, a good job i think of getting you started up initially as well which i was pleasantly surprised by that's good but yeah it's animal crossing tom nook he's out there he's he's in a nice hawaiian shirt he is he is just taking it easy he's just enjoying himself um meanwhile i i was telling i forget was i telling you but basically like i became that meme put that mic closer to your mouth the mic didn't move at all. There you go. You were just you just you sounded far away. Oh, okay. Um, I was saying that basically, like the meme about Animal Crossing and Doom, that like I was the the one who went and got Doom. <laughs> yep. Um. So like that that was definitely a thing. Hmm. We'll talk. We'll talk about Doom here very shortly, but we will. Not today. Not today. No Doom for you today. I mean, there's there's a lot of Doom elsewhere, but <laughs> no kidding. Al, yes. you have been knee deep, neck deep, in some Japanese RPGs. I have been. It's been great. Tell me about the JRPG life. Oh, What's man. what is out there on the streets? <laughs> I mean, is this really on the streets? It's been out a while. <laughs> the streets are filled with Final Fantasy VII. I, oh God, I don't remember actually when this originally came out. When did when did the second chapter? I can look come it up. Out? Thank you. Please do that. I'm thinking it was like somewhere around like 2006, 2008, something like that. Initial mm-hmm. release date in or in Japan on the personal computer, March 9th, 2006. Wow. And then the PSP version came out a year later in 07 and then didn't come out in English until 2015. Okay. So I'm not that far behind, but I'm pretty far behind. Uh, so I I played the um, the first chapter. We've already talked about it. I think we talked about it on episode 166, if you need to hear about first chapter. Um, I was about to say, we looked that up, and then I completely do not remember what episode it was. <laughs> um, and second chapter picks up legitimately right where first chapter ends. So essentially, it's, it's similar to how, like, Trezical Steel, Trezical Steel 2 is. Yes. It is exactly the same thing. Um, not like the story-wise, but it it is just like, all right, we're right here. Um, right. And again, spoilers, this is going to be super spoiled. Um, but in first chapter, you end it with Joshua like smooching Estelle with like a sleeping agent or a numbing agent, whatever, and then leaving because he realized that he was like putting his family in danger and was part of Ouroboros and all that fun stuff. Um, so we uh, we start this game with Estelle waking up from that and being like, oh, Wake that me w- up. 
God, no. And she's like, that was weird. I want to go look for Joshua. And she can't find him. Um, and so then she, in this like weird daze, is like, oh, well, I'll just go back home and we'll see if he's at the house. Maybe he's at the house. So she takes an airship from the capital back to um, Roland, which is where the Bright family house is. And she meets this green-haired traveling priest on the airship who hits on her initially uh, and explains that he he usually travels as a priest um, for, like, small communities that don't have, like, a church. Um, she's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And he realizes, like, she's kind of, like, out of it. And she kind of opens up a little bit, but not a whole lot. And so he's, he tags along with her because he's worried about her. And then they get to the house and she realizes, like, oh, he did not come by here. And it, like, reality sets in for her. And she's just wrecked that, like, Joshua's gone. So, um, basically, this is the point where Estelle's, like, all right, you know what, Ouroboros? Let's do this. And she just, like, snaps into this mode of, like, all right, I'm, I'm done. Like, we're, we're going to oppose you now. Like, we were opposing you before, but now it's on. You took my man. Um, so, you took my man. So um, you initially have, like, a, a chapter that is explaining, um, like, for two months, Estelle goes on, like, a training session type thing like there's a um it's called a training montage basically it's a training camp for for bracers and so she's there for two months and hangs out with annalise and um annalise is great by the way and um at one point during this like a bunch of nonsense goes down and it turns out that it's this big bracer test for her and she passes yay um so um Estelle is going to set off on her adventure now after her two-month training montage. And um, she is going to see if she could figure out anything about where Joshua is. And um, you get to choose your uh, your partner on this. Um, so I actually went with a gate. Um, you could also pick Shara, but I did not because... I, I don't like her play style as much. So I had the little grumpy dude along with me with his big sword. <laughs> big grump. Uh, and Annalise goes with whoever you didn't pick. So, um, you have a whole bunch of like weird shenanigans happening here that essentially you learn that Joshua has been hanging out with like the the sky bandits that were in first chapter. Mm -hmm. Um, so this is where he meets, uh, or hangs out with Josette and like actually gets to know her. Um, and essentially he's being cold and kind of a butt to them, but like he's helping them and they're helping him. So it works out. Um, but he's like, I'm not actually a person anymore. I just, exist um so he he's one of those dudes now and um he, he saw a hot topic and was like wow <laughs> speaks to me 
Oh, man. Um, during all this, you also see um, that the traveling priest, whose name is Kevin, Kevin Graham, um, Kevin is led to the uh, facility that is underneath the Capitol that they had, like, the final boss occurred in in first chapter. Man, he would have a great Instagram name because he just name it would just be his name, but like people would think it's an Instagram pun. <laughs> nice. Um, you're not wrong. It's really good. Um, so she leads him out of there, and he's like, "Huh, so this is interesting." And at that point, you realize like Kevin is lying to you because there's no way that like this <sighs> humble traveling priest is gonna go check out where like the gospels were. I mean, this series in general has basically made it just, like, easily known that, like, you run into someone religious, they're lying to you. They're lying to you. They have secret backstory. It is true. And very similar um, in in a sense, but... um... It's a whole thing. Um, We find out more about him in the third Actually, you find out more about him at the very, very end of this game, but um, you get more of it in the third because he's. I can't. I can't help but think anytime you say the third of the wrestling anime that came out a few years ago, because one of the characters, they literally just referred to him as the third. Really? <laughs> so that's all I'm just thinking of. Whenever oh my you God. say the third. Are you serious? Yes. Hundred <laughs> oh percent. Wow. Wow. <sighs> Um, what if we got you to watch the wrestling anime? <laughs> please, no. Please don't do this to me. Why not? <laughs> Jared, do you, do you appreciate me as a person? Yes. Uh, one of the girls from Love Lives in it. Which one? Uh, Umi's voice actress. Which she married a wrestler, so that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. That's, probably, that's how they met, probably. <laughs> probably. God. God! They brought her in to do commentary a few times for the 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 anime sp- special uh, matches they did. Really? Mm-hmm. They had her uh, during one of the the January Fourth Tokyo Dome shows. She announced uh, the the actual wrestler version of the anime character to the ring. Oh my god! As she was dressed up as her character from the show. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I was going to watch wrestling. No, no. It will take a lot of convincing <laughs> to get me to do that. It would be fun. Anyways, um, go ahead. Sorry. So anyway, uh, our our friend Agate and um, Did Estelle they ever say his name to, in this game? Uh, or in these games? No. Okay. I, I just call him Agate because it's funny. No, I yeah, I know. I just didn't know if like they they said it in these games or not as well. No, the only voice acting is during battles. Yeah. And, like, they don't yell names during battles. I'm a gate. <laughs> uh, I mean, they do have, like, closing lines. But, again, like, if you win the battle Closing with them, lines. <laughs> fight me. <laughs> um, so, uh, they hear that there is trouble in uh, this town called Ruin. Ruin? R- trouble in U- Little Ruin. <laughs> R-U-A-N. Um, that there is a... An election for a new mayor, um, because we had the mayor arrested in first chapter. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yep. Um, 
And there is a lot of chaos. We meet up with Chloe again, who we have recently learned is the crown princess of the country. So that's the thing. Or she's debating whether she wants to accept that role. Hmm. Do I want to do this? Yeah. Um, so we hang out with her and we go into the town and there's just like chaos. Both groups like are fighting on the bridge in, uh, in town. And um, how do you think this resolves itself? Very peacefully. Actually, yes, it does. See, I knew. Um, be- <laughs> because um, as they're all arguing on the bridge and a fight is about to come out, you hear this music start playing. God. God. And a man just floats in on a tiny boat while playing his lute. And is basically talking about beauty and love and how people shouldn't fight. And everybody's like, all right, we're going home. Goodbye. <laughs> um, so Olivier is back. And he is. You can't get rid of him. You can't. You cannot. Actually, you can get rid of him. But um, in this instance, no, you cannot. He's just like, all right, hello. And uh, decides that he's going to join up against your wishes. Um, you also, for one, see Kevin again. He is actually teaching Sunday school at one point. Um, you also meet this girl from Crossbell named Rin. And Rin's like- Is she a cat? She's not. Oh. Um, but she's like, hi, Estelle, I like you. Can we play? And Estelle's like, yeah, if I ever see you again, we'll play, which of course- No, get out of here. Of course means that we will uh, definitely, definitely see her again. Cause you don't just say, yeah, if I ever see you again. Um, So the main like plot of this section though, is that people around the city keep seeing a ghost and it dances. No, no, it's a gate. <laughs> nice um so they're able to like go and talk to everybody and figure out like what what the what the ghost looks like and eventually they pinpoint like all right this would be the epicenter of where they're seeing this ghost we're gonna go check it out and it's uh chloe's school and none other than our phantom thief enforcer x10 uh Blue Blanc is our ghost. And um, this is one of my favorite parts of the game because of two reasons. One, Blue Blanc is just like, by the way, I did all this because I have a big crush on Chloe. (laughs) Um, And two, him and Olivier get into an argument at this point about what beauty is. Like an actual argument back and forth between the two of them on like what theoretically beauty is. And like, it's just like this giant dumb philosophical thing of like, what is beauty? And then they decided they're rivals in beauty now. (laughs) And it's hilarious. That reminds me of like one of the first big villain encounters in Naruto Shippuden. Do they also talk about beauty? No, but they have they're, these two villains literally have an argument about what defines art. Oh my god! So like, pretty much the same. Wow. Um, 
so he he brings out an enemy for you to fight and you get to fight it and you win yay um and um we find out that like oh hey this was a part of the experiment that we're trying to do as Ouroboros. Interesting. Um, and so um, then we find out that there are all kinds of weird earthquakes that are happening in Zeiss, which is where Tita lives. And there is a man with sunglasses. And that's his defining feature is that he has sunglasses and nobody knows what sunglasses are. What are those spectacles on your face? They don't know. And they're like, what are those? Um, and so there is this whole thing about like, uh, Professor Russell thinks that somebody is manipulating the septum veins underneath like the earth. And so he's like, hey, that's kind of weird. Can we do something? Um, no, we can't. <laughs> game over god uh you have to go talk to your dad at the fortress um because he's trying to help against Ouroboros and um he talks to you more about like these detectors that you could set up to figure out like where the epicenter of this is once again mm -hmm. um and you find out that it's the hot springs yay and at the hot springs, you meet Walter. And he is in Forester 8, and he is called the Dire Wolf. Um, <laughs> Not where I was expecting you to go with that word. Where did you think I was going to say? You said dire, and I was like, whoa, that hot spring is going to get messy. <laughs> Real grody. Oh, no. Oh, no. This is me in Forester 8, the diarrhea. <laughs> Um, so he's, he, he brings in these like giant worms that are supposed to fight you and everybody's just getting wrecked, like absolutely wrecked. And then Zen, who is also called Zane, um, appears and beats the crap out of these wormy dudes. And you find out that him and Walter were studying under the same master and the, their master was uh, Kilika, who runs the guild in Zeiss. It was her dad. It's all connected. Da, 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 da. Um, and so Zen has been looking for Walter for a long time. Um, and the fact that like we have Zen and Walter and Kilika, like Walter seems very out of place here. <laughs> but... Um, interesting difference um here than the anime is that in the anime joshua is the one who saves them and joshua's not here at all it's just sin hmm. so that's a really interesting change and i mentioned earlier that you don't get the tita fling in the game which is disappointing because a gate just like grabbing her by the back of her shirt and flinging her away is just hilarious. Man. Um. So then we have the Mad Tea Party episode that um, 
there's going to be a non-aggression pact signed between um, Cal- Calvard, Erebonia, and um, Liberal. What? That's going to go well. Oh, yeah. Totally going to go well. <laughs> um, they're also bringing the engines um, of the new airship to um, the capital. Also going to go well. Totally going to go well. Uh, we also see at one point that um, this this gal who was working with Colonel Richard in the first game, Canone uh, is her name, uh, she just like resurfaces out of nowhere and is like, Richard was innocent and I believe in his plan. I'm going to break him out. It's like, <laughs> okay, hello. Um, hello, but- internet conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Basically. Um <laughs> So, uh, you have to go to the, uh, like, what's it called? Basically, like, the royal villa there um, to try. I don't, I think it's where the signing's supposed to happen. And uh, anyway, when you get there, everybody's like, hey, so there was this girl that was hanging out here, and um, we kind of need you to find her because we can't find her, and she doesn't have parents. Um, so that's a thing. So you decide that you're going to play hide and seek with this girl and find her and surprise, it's Rin. Nothing shady here at all. Um, her and Tita become like BFF immediately, which like Tita is 12 at this point. And so is Rin. So, you know, it makes sense. Um, She's like, yeah, my parents, they're, they're cross-bellion merchants, and I can't find them. Where um, did they go? So she just, like, tags along with you. You've got to take her back to the um, the Bracer branch thing so you could try and find her parents. Um, while also trying to make sure that, like, nothing goes wrong at this treaty. <laughs> um. Let's see. What happens then? Oh, then... mm, This part was irritating. You take her back, and then at one point she just, like, walks out while you're in the middle of a conversation. And um, you have to... nerds. (laughs) You have to find her again, which is annoying. And Ren tells you that a boy with dark hair and amber eyes gave her a letter to give to Estelle. <laughs> what? Was amber the color of his energy? <laughs> <laughs> Get out. How is that not the first thing you thought of when you said that? Because <laughs> I didn't think about it. I was just thinking like, oh man, nothing shady here. Man, 311 old school. Who remembers? Who remembers? <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, this letter is like, hey, Estelle, I want you to meet me at this gate. Not oh, a, a gate. <laughs> not, not a gate. But, meet me at a gate. But this. <laughs> I, 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 I found a gate. Where, where is this person? Um, so Estelle obviously is like, oh man, this is a letter from Joshua. I have to go. Reen Schwarzer. <laughs> it is Reen Schwarzer. Doesn't he have purple eyes? I'm. I'm pretty sure he has purple eyes. It's joke. It's joke. Uh, so Estelle runs off to the gate and um, is 
determined she's going to find Joshua, who she says sent the note. It's in his handwriting. She's ready to see him again. It was um, on this My Chemical Romance stationery. Oh my god. <laughs> um <laughs> So, uh, they get, she gets there and she finds Kevin and she's like, Hey, uh, did, did you see a dark haired dude around here? And he's like, Oh, the boyfriend you were telling me about? No, I didn't see him. But like, I got a letter saying to meet here. And so I'm here. And then they get attacked by, uh, some of the archaisms and it takes, it takes Estelle a second to actually realize like, this is not from Joshua. Joshua's not here. Like, even after everything, she keeps looking, saying, like, <laughs> Oh, where's where he going to be? Is he going to pop up somewhere? She's like, he wrote me this letter. He wrote me this letter. And Kevin's like, no, look, I got a letter, too. They were trying to kill us. Come on. Get it Ooh. together. And one thing that I will say in this is that seeing Estelle's character development throughout this is really fantastic. Because Estelle goes from, like, kind of a bratty, impulsive girl who relies entirely on Joshua to really do things, um, really comes on her own. And this is like the one part where she really falters. Like she she gets to be quite sassy, which is great. Um, but she's able to make decisions and able to like figure out what she should be doing without Joshua for the first time, which is really, really cool. Um, her development is fantastic. Um, anyway, that said, um, all, oh, the engines are missing, by the way. Shocked. Yeah. Uh, so, you end up at the docks of the capital, and, uh, Kanone is there. And she has stolen the engines and put them into a tank and is attacking you with a tank. Um, I duct tape these engines to this tank. I was going to see what happens. Uh, the issue is that uh, the tank also has one of the gospels in it that causes like the horrible shutdown effect. So no one can really fight back against this tank, which is not great. Um, so several people die that are, you know, nameless soldiers. And um, then Kevin is there and like, all right, you know, I'm going to do something. It's kind of reckless. It's either going to work or we're all going to die. Horrible deaths. YOLO. Um, basically, like that's legitimately what he says to you is like, it's either going to work or we're all going to die horrible deaths. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he just runs off and like jumps on the tank and then hits it with this like, artifact rod that was in the first game. I'm just imagining him jumping on the tank and trying to punch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, when when he hits the artifact against the tank, like, it shuts down that horrible effect. So, um, you're able to actually fight back against it. Um, so, she surrenders. She, uh, has the Duke, which I forgot to mention she stole the Duke. Um, <laughs> stole a Duke. And um, It's like a jewel. <laughs> and Estelle's like, oh, Duke, where where is Ren? Because like Ren is supposed to be here too. Where where is she? He's like, nobody else was taken with me. It was just me. 
I don't know what you're talking about. And then there is a girl standing on the roof. It is Rin. <gasps> and she get up there? She introduces herself. She is Enforcer 15, the Angel of Slaughter. She <laughs> has a mouthful. She has a scythe. And she is excited that everybody participated in her tea party and she had fun. Uh, she also reveals that her parents were never actually real, that she was just controlling them. That's like little fake dolls. Um, she also destroys them with said scythe. And then she calls in her big mech. Yeah. Uh, which I think it's pronounced Potter Motter. It's essentially no, like it's Harry Potter. Potter it's a, it's a set of mediocre books. You, you don't need to read them. <laughs> I think it translates to like father mother. Um, and she sure. says like this this is my true parents. Like these are my true parents. Um, and then like my parents are a mech. <laughs> and then she just like zooms away. She jumps on the mech and then they fly away. So that's a thing. And then Kevin is like, so, uh, <laughs> guys, you uh, saw me do that, right? Didn't you? Um, I guess I should probably explain that, huh? And they're like, yeah, you probably should explain that. Gotta go later. He's like, yeah, so um, I'm actually a squire in the Grawls Ritter, which is like the big church night thing that mm -hmm. um, is kind of a big secret. Um, so he is actually a squire da, 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 da. and his role is to find these artifacts and prevent people from using them improperly uh so that was why he had that artifact that he has since destroyed and it's like oh god i'm gonna get so much trouble for not bringing that back um it was like this when i found it i don't know what to <laughs> tell you uh and so he's been trying to like thwart ouroboros because they were trying to find the uh the big artifact um, from the last game. Um, da, 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 what happens next? Stuff. Uh, yeah, Weissman talks a lot. A lot. Um, Rin laments that she didn't actually get to murder anybody. Um, oh, shucks. And then Weissman basically says, like, the reason that Joshua will not return to Ouroboros is because of Estelle. And Ren does not like that. And also, the like, okay, well, the way that we get Joshua to come back to Ouroboros is to make Estelle want to join Ouroboros. We're gonna offer her a pizza. <laughs> um... So as um, the Estelle's team is like getting ready to leave, um, Dorothy, who is a photographer for the Liberal News, um, shows up and is like, "Hey, uh, Estelle, can I talk to you in private?" And she says yes. And she's like, "Hey, so I was on this mission and I took a picture and I really want you to see it, but like maybe keep it on the DL." And so she she gives her this picture. And it's the the Bobcat, which is um, the the ship for the Sky Bandits, and Joshua is on the ship. Um, so that's a thing. Um, 
you then get uh, the second disc start uh, where you play as Joshua. You get a flashback of how they stole their ship back. And you get to fight Mueller. Yay. He's no Kurt Vander. <laughs> He's not. Um, so things that you learn from this. Uh, Joshua's still like an edgelord. Um, Josette has a massive crush on him. Like massive, massive, massive crush on him. And after you fight Mueller, he recognizes he's like, that kid survived Hommel. Like, okay. And if I didn't already know what that was, I'd be like, oh, that's weird. But I already know what that is. What's that? <laughs> uh, so we're back to Relent now. Because we had to emergency land in Relent. There is a lot of fog. Roland, 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 Roland. <laughs> um... And so there is um, this whole mission of them trying to figure out, like, where is the fog coming from? How far does the fog go? Um, people start passing out from the fog, and they can't figure out how to cure them. So Estelle and crew Watch the in... Midnight Channel. <laughs> um, Estelle and crew go to Mistwald. And, I bet um, there's a wall of mist there. Walled. Yeah, it's walled by a by mist and Shara this whole time has been like hey I have an inkling as to who is doing this but I can't confirm it yet but I think I know and so once they get into Mistwald um, they meet Luciola who is Enforcer 6 the bewitching bell um, and she is an illusion expert and she uses bells to make that happen question yes do you think Ouroboros, the the people in the Ouroboros, come up with their own nicknames, or are they assigned those nicknames? Oh, man. I hope they come up with their own. Can you imagine, like, this small child saying, like, you know what? I want to be the angel of slaughter. That sounds good. I want good. to be the angel of slaughter. <laughs> angel... Of slaughter. Like, what would you prefer that they're assigned these and they have to live up to it? I like the idea they're coming up with them. Like, you have to be <laughs> creative with it. Like, they, they get judged thoroughly on. It's like, it's like they come up with something and then they have to go to like a, a board, like a board of judges, and, and like they vote on whether or not you get to be called that. Yeah. So like, they're like, mm, I don't, nah, you'll come back to us with something better. You don't actually get to be an enforcer unless you come up with a name. Exactly. Like, That's how you good. become an enforcer. <laughs> The final step. Um, so the bewitching bell uh, we learn is uh, the adoptive sister of Shara. That they were in a traveling circus together um, in the Harvey troop, and so Shara learned everything from Luciola, and um, the owner died, and they broke up, and Shara was kind of abandoned. Um. So there ends up being like this big weird it's like a flashback but it's not <clears throat> basically like you go into this playable section that like you play as a 
kid Estelle. And she's thinking like, oh man, my mom's alive. Hi mom, what's up? She meets Shara when she was a kid. And, um, you know, you keep going through like everyday life and then eventually she finds a harmonica and starts playing it. And she eventually figures out like, oh, I can play the song that Joshua always plays. And that breaks her out of it. It's Piano Man. No, he's a harmonica. There's harmonica in that song. Oh my god. Um. So yeah, she uh she breaks out of it, and it turns out that like it was all this dream that Lucille was able to do. Um, and then she disappears. It was again a gospel that made all this happen. Ooh, thunder. Um. Get out of here, thunder. Yeah, terrible. Loki will fight you, except he'll be very scared. Um, he will be, poor buddy. Um, uh, so now they go to Bose. Bose, I don't know how to pronounce it. Who knows? Bozo. Um, and... Bose is the, 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 the speaker company. Oh, you're right. You're right. It's, it's a, spelled, a city it's, full of speakers. It's spelled the same way. <laughs> Um, all these expensive speakers. Their buildings are made of them. <laughs> <laughs> and so at one point, um, when they're flying in, Estelle's like, hey, you have a house there, don't you? And uh, like in the outskirts of it, Negate's like, yeah, I do. She's like, you mentioned you had a sister too. Can we go meet your sister? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take you there. I'll, eventually, if we have any time, maybe you can see her. Um, This is one moment that like, Estelle does not pick up on any cues whatsoever <laughs> at all um, because his wording is very specific and like how he's explaining mm -hmm. this. But Estelle's like, cool, I look forward to meeting your sister. Um, Estelle with big dumb ass energy here. Basically, yeah. Also, a dragon lands on the market and destroys it. All right. <laughs> um, and... Uh, who is riding the dragon is low enforcer number two the blade lord um go to workshop that name yeah that's slipped is, through the cracks <laughs> he is actually leonhard and he's basically like yeah you can call me whatever you want though and and see uh, bad naming if he if he's, if he's not committing <laughs> to his nickname <laughs> olivier is like i'm gonna call you lionheart then it's like, oh, okay. God. Um, but he does say, like, hey, Leonhardt, that's definitely Erebonian, by the way. Just a heads up. I know, because I'm Erebonian. I know these things. <laughs> wink, wink. Um, so you have to, like, clear that wreckage and then figure out, like, where the heck is this dragon? Um, and... Um, the dragon actually goes and like sets all the crops of um, the place where a gate has its houses, Ravenue, Ravenue, something like that. Anyway, Ravioli. dragon birds, <laughs> Ravioli, dragon birds, all their crops, all of them, and a gate goes I running. Hate vegetables, <laughs> a gate runs off and leaves everybody, and it's like, I'm going to the mine. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to confront that dragon. Everyone's like, um, by yourself. We'll give it a word. So he goes off by himself, and when they get to the town, um, the elder is like, oh, yeah, a gate. Like, his sister died 10 years ago. 
what and the and the hundred days war thing and he's like yeah by the way that tombstone up there that's hers like a gate has a house it's right there but like he doesn't stay in it um who could have seen this coming who could have seen it not estelle (laughs) definitely not estelle um so eventually they get to the mine and lo has just like beaten the absolute out of a gate like he is messed up he broke that giant sword that he has like it's crazy and he's just like all right well i guess i die now um (laughs) rip me but but tita being tita like gets between um a gate and ever like the dragon and low and was like nope you have to kill me to kill him you won't do it i'm a kid you won't do it (laughs) nope um basically and she's like he protects me i have to protect him period and so low is like yeah, I I don't want to have to hurt this kid. I don't I don't I don't do kids. I hope not. Um, <laughs> not that way. <laughs> and then the the military arrives, and Lowe's like, "All right, cool. I'm leaving with this dragon. Goodbye. I don't need the military. Need my dragon power out." Um. So Tita and Agate um go to Agate's house, and she ends up like taking care of his injuries, and um, we learn like he wasn't there um when uh Erebonia attacked and so he blames himself because uh what happened with Misha is that Misha being his little sister Misha was working on um this necklace for him she she actually tells him like I'm gonna make you an accessory and he's like this is really something I can wear is this something I can pull off like accessories kind of seem weird <laughs> um and so she realizes like oh no the like the necklace is back at the house. I have to go get it. Runs off without a gate, and like a gate doesn't follow her, and the house just gets destroyed. She dies. Um, so that's how she died. So um, they come up with this like elaborate plan with the military of like we're gonna use airships and we're gonna shoot down the dragon and we're gonna trap it. Um, Agate and Tita do not make it because they are having their bonding moment and learning each other's backstories and all that jazz. (laughs) And so uh, eventually this plan does not work, basically. Um, Shocked. The dragon like wakes up and is like, yo, now I'm mad, flies off. Um, And then Agate and Tita show up and Agate's like, yeah, hey, I have a new sword, like, the professor gave me the sword that can break gospels. That's pretty cool, right? Um, so we find the dragon in the lair in the mountains, and we defeat him. And a gate like has to hit the gospel on his forehead to free him. And it turns out he's like this massively old dragon who has been like watching over the the continent for ages and was like yeah there's only other one person who's helped me and you know thanks for helping me this time he gives them money in order to like repair everything that he broke um he also says the professor weissman was one controlling him um so he just like goes away um Although he does say, like, Estelle, he says something to Estelle that basically applies, like, the last person that he ever talked to was Cassius Bright, her dad, um, when he was learning the way of the sword. 
Um, While you were so- all adventuring, I was learning the blade. <laughs> Uh, we get a cute scene uh, with the gate and Tita going to um, pay their respects to Misha, bring flowers, and then General Morgan shows up and is like, "I'm also here to bring flowers." Hello, and then Lo shows up and they're like, "Do we have to fight you right now? Because we really don't want to have to fight you. We're kind of in the middle of something." He's like, "No, no, I'm just here bringing flowers too." It's- I'm very respectful, please. I, I, I you know, I, I couldn't. Couldn't do anything. Um, Morgan basically was like, yeah, I wasn't able to save anybody in this town during the war. And then Lowe was saying that, like, they both lost people in the war that they love. And um, Lowe was just like, all right, now I'm leaving. Goodbye. Um, but he does say Hamel at one point, And they're like, where is that? That's weird. <laughs> That'll um, never come up again. No, never, ever. Um, so then... We go to Joshua, who has this crazy plan that actually works, um, and that he is going to drop off of the bobcat onto the big red ship, the Glorious, um, in order to try and take down Ouroboros' gunship. Uh, and she's like, what the are you doing? But he does it. Um, you know, because he can, I guess. As you do. Um, yeah. So, um, the rest of the group, while this is happening, they're taking a break because everything's great. And they're at the lake with Kevin. And um, Kurt appears, which Kurt's one of the racer dudes, and is like completely messed up, like super, super messed up. He comes floating in on a boat and basically is like, hey, um, so I found out where the Ouroboros base is here. And the rest of my dudes are all captured. Please go save them. Uh, so they go and infiltrate the base. Um, and they're able to find like all the bracer people and free them. Um, Kevin does this like really painful technique to undo the brainwashing. Um, and eventually at the top, there's like, Joshua there and so Estelle obviously goes running off and then gets blocked from the rest of the party um and turns out he's just a dull version of Joshua um got but, him but um Weissman for Boroboros takes off with Estelle <gasps> so Estelle is now on the glorious the big red ship um, and Ren shows up and is like, hey, welcome to uh, Ouroboros' base. You know, welcome. Hope you have a good time here. Drinks are on the left. Yeah. Um, she she takes Estelle to the sanctuary to talk to Weissman, who is playing a pipe organ. <laughs> good. <laughs> um, and it's basically, yeah, so I knew that this would happen. I planned it all. Also, join Ouroboros, please. Um, you have the skills. I want you to be here. Josh will come back. It'd be great. Um, Estelle basically like gives him the finger and is like, yeah, no thanks. Um, and all the other enforcers just show up and they take Estelle back to her room and lock her in. Um, and essentially low at one point, it's like you lack the darkness in you to be a member of Ouroboros. Just 
funny. Um, so this is where we learn Joshua's backstory. Yay! Estelle asks how like they're connected because obviously they are. And we learned that um, Joshua and Joshua's sister, Karen, Karen, um, lived in Hommel. Who's surprised? Um, Me, I'm which very is surprised. In Erebonia. And nope. Hommel was attacked by Jaegers, and um, Karen was um, about to be assaulted. Um, after she had been shot and um, Joshua finds a gun and shoots the dude in the face and um, that's the first time Joshua actually like killed a man Uh, and so Joshua kind of gets like blanked after that he can't really do anything and Lo shows up and is like oh no this was my girlfriend this sucks um and then the uh story was all covered up as we know um it was all covered up to start a war Mm -hmm. um so now we know his his backstory um estelle actually does like one of the most genius things i think i've ever seen in in a game um to break out like usually you have like really ridiculous ways that people break out of being confined in some way but like this is probably one of the peak ones that i've seen um estelle's like all right i gotta figure this out i'm gonna figure out what to do so um she breaks the window of this airship and climbs out and is holding on to it and then like when the guards outside come in from hearing the glass shatter and they're like oh my god how'd she get out she jumped she had to have jumped like no one can survive that. She's not alive. And then she just like jumps in and kicks them. Is like, goodbye. <laughs> it was great. Um, so then you have to go through the glorious and like eventually you get to the deck of it because she gets lost. And you have to fight this like incomplete joke of a character named Gilbert. Um, but in the middle of this fight, um, Joshua appears. If you remember... He was on the ship. He was trying to blow up the ship. Um, so there are some options that Lo gives when um, they, they're they found. And Joshua basically says, like, yeah, no, I don't like any of your options. By the way, I set explosives on the ship. <laughs> um so they're able to go to the hangar and get a ship. Campanella shows up and is basically like blocking everything. But he's like, eh, you know, I don't really want to fight you. I just don't want you guys to leave quite so easily. So, you know, here's some machines you can fight, but you're still going to get the ship. Um, so then we have the reuniting scene, like the actual reuniting scene, like they're together, but they were also trying to like survive. So they land this ship on the beach and get to talk. And um, the scene is great. It's like one of the greatest things in this entire trilogy. Um, Cause Joshua was like, yeah, I'm really glad to see you, but it's gonna be the last time that I ever see you. Like, I can't, I can't be a part of your world. I gotta leave. And, um, Estelle's like, no, 
you're lying. You're a terrible liar. I can tell I am the ultimate Joshua person. I watch you all the time. Like, what are you doing? Um, and basically saying like, you know, you're, you're afraid of feeling things and you're afraid of like what you're going to be that you have, like, you've been told you're broken, but you're not broken. Um, and that he's like afraid to lose somebody that he loves again. Um, and she says something to the effect of like, you're afraid that if we continue on that you're going to have to, that you're going to fail to protect me and that I'm going to die. But here's the thing I can protect myself, but also we can protect each other. Um, she's like, you know, I can't promise that like nothing's ever going to happen. Cause this is what we do. We're bracers, but like, we'll be there for each other, which one of the cool things about this scene is her basically saying like, I can take care of myself. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but, um, Joshua just like starts crying a lot, which is also great. And Estelle just hugs him from behind and, um, they and suplexes him. Yes. And, um, <laughs> uh, he decides that he, he will stay. Um, Josette shows up at one point. It was like, mm. um, so we learn at one point, like the queen knew about Hommel she feels bad. She apologizes to Joshua and sorry like, about that. He's like, yeah, you know, there's not really a whole lot you could do. Um, and there is this whole thing that happens that like the four towers in the country just start going completely ape, and they have to fight all the enforcers that they've met so far at the top. So the end game. No. Um, but one of them is interesting because we learned that Kilika and Walter used to be lovers. Also, he killed his master. Um, we also learned from Luciola that um, the, the leader of the troop that they were in did not fall off a cliff by accident, that she actually killed him. She pushed him off. Because she uh, confessed that she was in love with him, and he's like, "Yeah." Um, so she she killed him. Yeah. Yep. Um, not not very nice. Um, then we have Ren, and um, Estelle tries to talk to her, and it's like, "You don't need to do this. There's no reason for you to be an Ouroboros. Like, like you're a kid. You should act like a kid. Like you're not like this." and Ren decides, like, yeah, I kind of am. And I'm mad that Joshua won't come back to us because I have an affinity for Joshua. So I'm going to fight you. I'm really going to hate you still. Also, here's my, my robot, my mech. Um, so um, they, they get these towers all taken care of, which is a good thing. Um, and... They get these like crystals throughout it that have data, but the data is really, really corrupted. And um, then Weissman like comes in and is like, hey guys, what's up? I've hacked into your systems. How you doing? Um, and because of the towers, this like giant 
arc of a floating city appears and causes like nationwide horrible shutdown phenomenon. Nobody can do anything. Also, the airship barely lands safely because it's it's a mess. Um, the bobcat does not land as safely. So um, it's chaotic, um, which chapter eight is literally called Land of Chaos, by the way. Um, and it's really a whole lot of like cleaning up time kind of stuff. Um, you're just going around the country figuring out like what's going on. Uh, it's a mess. It's a huge, huge mess. Um, da -da 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 -da. I'm trying to remember what happens here. Stuff. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, oh, they decided they're going to um, storm the castle, basically. Uh, Ouroboros is. Um, and they kill a bunch of people. You know, as you do. Um, I find out that, like, this one dude um, who's been protecting the Duke, who is completely useless, was, like, the former commander of the Royal Guard and is also a bad Um, so that's neat. Um, and, uh, so you're going through the castle. I don't actually remember this part very well, which is interesting. Um, but I do know that Richard shows up and is like, hey... I still love my country. I'm sorry that I started a coup. That was really not cool. Um, but also, my I'm going to protect. Guys. I'm going to protect the queen. Um, so he and Kanone uh, like counterattack against Ouroboros, which is great. Um, then they find out that there are steam-powered tanks coming at Hawken Gate. Um, they are led by Zexvander, and, um, he is accompanied by, uh, Mueller, Vander, and the Prince of mm. Erebonia, Olivert, mm. and, um, Estelle's like, Olivier, what the heck are you doing there? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, you're getting my name completely wrong. Um... And he he basically says like you're you're Cassius's daughter, right? I, I think that's who you are. Um, we may have met before. <laughs> wink, wink. So they end up setting up this deal, basically, where um, like Erebonia won't try and take over and fix this thing as long as like liberals given the chance to try and investigate the the Ark and fix it, but also. The prince has to investigate it too to make sure that it's not a threat to Erebonia. Hmm. Interesting. Um, also, there's a whole bunch of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge stuff with Cassius Bright at this point with Olivier. Um, and then, like, once the tanks go away, um, Oliver's like, ah, okay, good. I can be normal again. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is hilarious. Um, he's like, yeah, everybody's having some issues and we're kind of concerned about this. Like, this is a big deal. Um, maybe we should do something about this. Um, so, I forget how they actually made everything working. Oh, um, the professor ends up making like a, a small thing that goes in the ship that is able to nullify the like horrible shutdown phenomenon so they can use the ship. So um, they fly it up to the floating city and um, they're going to take it down. They uh, do kind of like crash land a little bit on the city, a little bit. Um, it's huge and it's ancient and they also found out like oh hey these people are all the people who like we came from um, the person who was trying to shut down the the big part of this arc was actually Chloe's ancestor so one of the first like royal family members um, so um, you go through all this nonsense. There's a whole lot of crap that happens. Uh, you have to always defeat an enforcer, as you do. Um, and we also learn at one point that, like, Zen was actually, um, like, scared to fight Walter because he was always, like, subservient to him thinking he was better but like the master of the school wanted Zen to actually take the school um, also the master was just dying of cancer already so he just wanted to die as a martial artist and not as a cancer patient um, so that happened uh, Luciola die as a martial artist <laughs> Luciola jumps off of the, the tower um, after she loses and Shira's like She's still alive. She's got to be alive. It's fine. It's totally fine. Um, who knows? Um, you have to fight Ren again. And again, Estelle has a heart-to-heart -heart with Ren. It's like, you really don't have to do this. And Ren kind of like breaks down. And Estelle like hugs her and says that she loves her and all that. And um, Ren just leaves with uh, Potter Motter. And so eventually you get to the top of this giant city in the sky and you see Lo. By the way, he is a hard fight. One of the hardest fights in the game, if not the hardest fight in the game. He sucks. He's so hard. Um, but when you beat him, there's this whole like Joshua wants to take him one on one. And so they fight one on one. <laughs> and, um, Yeah, they Joshua wins. Yay. Spoilers. He just disarms Lowe. Um but basically Lowe's like, Yeah, you're the winner. And Josh is like, eh, I don't I don't know, man. I don't really feel like I won that. That's that's kind of a thing. Uh and they basically like hug after they fight. Um, and Lowe's like, hey, you guys, like, don't suck. That's pretty cool. Um, and he also asked Kevin, if you have Kevin, like, hey, do you know this, like, Gauls Ritter who had a bow gun as well? Um, and Kevin's like, yeah, but she died. 
how do you know her? And like, never really answered its point, but it's an interesting thing anyway. Um, I forgot to mention at one point that like, when you're still on the ship, Joshua and Kevin have this like talk and Joshua just disappears for a while. That becomes relevant like now. Because <laughs> uh, you go down into like the main part of the, the city and um, you see Wiseman and Wiseman's like, yeah, I'm not really going to deal with this. This is not great. So um, he ends up taking control over Joshua because he was the one who brainwashed him and um, tells him to kill Estelle. And um, like he has this weird tattoo thing. I uh, call a stigma. And so, you know, that's that's the plan. Gonna kill Estelle. Um, but when he disappeared with Kevin, apparently they had tried to, like, untrigger the stigma that was within him. And the untrigger for it was that he was given the mission to kill Estelle. So it completely breaks him from any Weissman spell at all. Yay. Um... And they have to fight this man because he's a psychopath. Um, you win, obviously. Yay. Um, also, Cassius was the one who like told them how to do that. But Gallsritter is a thing, you know. Um, Lo ends up coming in after you defeat the boss and learns that, like, Weissman knew about Hommel and was actually participating in it. And is basically like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. So he ends up fighting him and he dies. Like, Lo dies really hard. But hey, so does Weissman. Um, because after everybody's, like, running off, you get this scene with Weissman and Campanella shows up and is like, hey, you know, that didn't go very well. We lost Low. He's like one of our number one fighters. Um, you also kind of like messed this whole thing up and we didn't get what we wanted. Um, and then Kevin just walks in and shoots like a salt dart at Weissman and makes him just like turn into salt and then disappear. All right. Yeah, and because uh, if, if you remember, they talk about it in Cold Steel. I don't remember which one, but there's like part of a country. It's North Ambria that's turning into salt. Mm -hmm. He was able to take part of that and make it into a bowgun dart and shoot him with it. So he turned him into salt. So Weissman's dead. Um, also, at this point, Kevin reveals that he is actually not a squire. He is like the fifth dominion of the Gauls Ritter, and he's been acting dumb this whole time. How about that? Tee-hee. Yeah. Um, so uh, you, you get out of this arc thing. Um, you're running. Everybody's running. They end up losing Joshua and Estelle. They can't make it. And so they just kind of like sit on this one pillar. I'm like, well, guess this is how we die together, huh? This is, this is not great. Um, and... Everybody wants to go back, but they realize they can't because they will get hit by, like, the debris. Um, so Estelle and Joshua are like, hey, we totally love each other. It's pretty cool, right? We're going <laughs> to die together now. Um, and so as they fall, they are rescued, but not by an airship. They are rescued by the dragon. Yeah. 
and none other than Cassius is riding the dragon. What? Yep, Cassius came in and was like, yeah, I went and got this dragon and asked like for his help. I found um, this dragon and just like, and hey, what's up? The dragon's like, yeah, um, so I can do whatever I want. I'm going to help you. So the the dragon saves them. Um, so, you know, you get your whole like ending, everything's honky-dory. Um, Estelle and Joshua end up going to um, Karen's grave and they leave flowers. And this led to like this really funny scene that I sent you a screenshot of that Estelle's like, yeah, I was trying to be his sister, but I guess I wasn't, I wasn't really his sister. And I guess now I'm trying to be his girlfriend or I guess now I am his girlfriend. And Joshua's like, you're horrible. You guess. (laughs) Um, And so like, it's confirmed that they are officially dating now um, and they're traveling um, around the continent to try and, um, basically atone for like Joshua's time with Ouroboros, but they're also looking for Rin. The end, second chapter. Um, I'm not going to talk about the whole thing of third chapter because for one, that would take too long, but two, it's essentially like a Gaiden game that like, it's a side story. It seems weird. It is weird. It's very weird because it's marketed as the third game in the trilogy. But like Um, everything you've shown me of it is just like weird screenshots and then you playing mini games. (laughs) It is. It's so that's what it is. Um, like I said, uh, Kevin is the protagonist of this. Kevin and um, Reese, who is his squire, um, and you're thrown into like this weird cube world, essentially. That's like this false world that has all these doors in it, and there are like star Persona doors. Persona three. <laughs> Basically, yeah. I mean, it is. It's it's like a dungeon crawler type game. Um, but you have star, sun, and moon doors that give you, like, side stories depending on, like, it'll say, hey, bring me this type of character. You bring them and you get a story. So it's basically lore the video game because you get a ton of backstories for not only the characters that you've been working with, uh, but also just, like, things in general um find out who blue blanc was that's kind of cool um also you find out that like tita's mother hates a gate like with all of her being which is really creepy um but the main story of this is kevin's um it it really gives you his backstory what was going on like and the quick and dirty of that is that um he his dad left, and so his mom fell into, like, a depressive state, uh, tried to strangle him, and he ran out of the house to get away from her. She committed suicide while he was gone, so then he didn't really know what to do. He just kind of, like, wandered the streets in, like, a stupor. And um, what did I say her name was? Rufina or whatever? Um, she showed up and was like, hey, boy, you look like you need help. And tried to give him chocolate. He wouldn't take it. So she kisses him to give him the chocolate. Um, And Reese is there too. Because that's Reese's older sister. And they end up taking him into the church. And because um, the older sister ends up becoming. uh, She's just a knight for the girls. She's not a dominion. But because of that he follows that path. 
and um like this whole time they've been talking about how the fact that like this older sister was killed during a mission and eventually you find out that like they gave kevin his um stigma at a pretty young age he became like the fifth dominion um really really young the position's been open for a long time they just said he had like a really great aptitude for it um and some jaegers attack the church and um kevin realizes that reese is missing and goes like he, he sees some footsteps in her ribbon and follows down there and um this jaeger is going to do things to reese who is a child by the way um and so kevin loses his um understandably but he loses control of his stigma and um ends up killing the jaeger but then can't control it and is about to kill reese too and so um i think her name's i don't remember her name anyway the older sister um steps in ends up getting like super speared by his stigma and gets him back under control by hugging him while she's like speared to death um, so Reese never realized that Kevin was the one who killed her sister. And this whole thing is that when the Ark came down, um, the um, Oriole or whatever it's called, the the big gospel that was controlling it, essentially like grass onto whoever had the most tragic backstory is how they basically put it. Um, and so it ended up being Kevin. Um and so this entire thing was set up basically to like punish Kevin um, because that's what he wanted. He felt like he needed to be punished. And so he always took like the hardest missions as a girl spitter because he wanted to die. Um, and he was the heretic hunter. Uh, and Reese is like, you're an idiot. Like, I'm not mad at you that you killed my sister. Like, you couldn't help it. And, like, we're here now, and there's no way I'm going to let you sit here and, like, drown yourself in this self-pity nonsense. Like, let's get the heck out of here. Um, also, they fall into hell at one point, or the version of hell that... Um, the, the, the home for infinite losers. Le- legend. Uh, the trails and the blah, blah, blah groups. Um, it's called Genna. They meet Weissman there. They defeat him again. Because um, he basically was like, hey, Kevin, I can give you what you want. And he's like, no, I don't think you can. Also, I need you to get out of the way so I can get out of hell. That'd be cool. Um, but throughout hell, you actually have to meet some of the um, people that Kevin has killed as a girl sorter along the way. Like one of them is a, a boy who turned into like a flesh-eating monster and um kevin said like the only way he could really deal with it is just by shooting a bolt into his head um you meet his mom kevin's mom um and as you go through this like he he says that the person who is actually doing this to him is the older sister that she's the one that set this up but you actually learn that what happened is that his stigma was duplicated and so his stigma is what's doing this to him so you start off and you have like a negative version of a stigma as one of his um, S crafts. And as he goes along and like learns more of what was going on, he gets like a positive version of it. So you're defeating that negative version as the final boss, basically. You know what would have been a really interesting feature that they could have done for this with mm-hmm. the way, like with how you were setting up the story and everything, basically ape the, that one system from shadow hearts. Yeah. 
where like you have to control like your the stigma and everything. Yeah, the malice system where like if he gets too far, you know, things go really bad and everything. So you have to like get in under control all the time and all this sort of stuff. Like that seems like the sort of system would have that would have worked perfectly for this game. It really would have. Um and I think that the reason they didn't do that is because they were trying to like keep it a secret that this was all about Kevin, but like it was not a secret that it was all about Kevin. Yeah. At all. Um question. Actually I have yes. two two things. All right. Um interesting thing about this game is that it was literally released in English three years ago. Yes. So it's very new to US markets, but it was released early like ten years prior uh, in Japan in oh seven initially. But uh, my main question is, because considering you've played through this and you talked about how it's a lot of basically just like a big side story and a lot of lore and everything. Yeah. Did they hinder themselves by naming this the third? I think that the issue with this is that first chapter and second chapter felt very complete. Right. Um, and it's very overarching, like connected stories. I think that the reason they named it the third is because it has the same characters, but I don't think that they should have called it the third because it's not actually continuing that story at all. Right. And also it's, just like, hey, this is a good marketing ploy to, to get people to buy this. Yeah, definitely that. Um, and I mean, like you do find out what some of the characters have been up to since second chapter because it's like six months after. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not necessarily but, like this is the continuation of that story. It's not. It's not. I mean, it's like you're not visiting any of those towns. You're not doing anything that like you normally do in the games. You're literally just in this trapped environment with Kevin. This sounds more like the uh, the Persona Three answer. Yes, it is. It is the Persona Three. To the Persona answer. Three. It is the equivalent of that. Mm. Yes. It's also they... the hardest of them all. So that, it, there it, you go. There you go. It it, it fits. That's the um, best way I could have ever... Like, you're genius. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's putting too far. Do they do they do anything in this game at all to, like, connect it to the forthcoming Crossbell games? Or is it basically, like, this is mostly just this, the, the Trails in the Sky story? Well, they don't connect it to the Crossbell games, but they do talk about... They have an entire section about the Phantasmal Blaze plan. Right, yes. Which is... So more... You could more say this is connecting to Cold Steel, but even though those games were, were way far off from coming way out. Way far off from it, but you learn a lot more about, like, you also have this entire section with um, Olivier Oliver actually having to deal with Osborne, mm-hmm. and, yeah. like, you start learning about their struggle and how, like, he's going against Osborne's wishes, and Osborne's like, yeah, you know, you're an idiot, what do you think you're doing? Um, Which is interesting that they so, would set this up now compared to like, you know, maybe do it a little bit later on and or in a different game. Considering it's like wild, those the cross or the the Cold Steel games weren't coming out for like what another like five or six years. Yeah, because you said this was two thousand seven. Mm-hmm. I don't remember when the first Cold Steel came out. I can, but... I can see real quick. Uh, Cold Steel one comes out in twenty thirteen. Wow. So another six years. Yeah. Uh, but it sets up more of those than anything else. Like, there might be some hints to Crossbell in there. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. um, I obviously have not played those games. Right. Um, but there are several hints in there about Cold Steel and what's going on there. And it was actually really interesting for me. That that is, like, that's, oh. all, that's deep foreshadowing. It really is. 
it's really deep foreshadowing and it, there's like this entire sub subsection that's just Mueller and Olivier just discussing like how to go against their government. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. It's so cool though. Um, like you learn a lot about these characters that you wouldn't know previously. And um, like you set up a lot of what happens with like Tita in three in this game. So um but it is it's it's the answer that's what it is mm-hmm. because kevin is like this big mysterious character in two that like at the very end you get a reveal on who the heck he actually is and then this is like his story mm-hmm. with some side stories from the other characters sprinkled in and yeah. basically like anybody who was somebody that you may have even potentially wanted to play as and this is here except for cassius you can't play as him you have to fight him as a boss he's hard Um, and you had to play poker. Oh my god, I was so mad. I was so mad. Yeah, the the mini games it was like poker. I couldn't do the fishing. I I was so upset about that. I couldn't actually get. Well, you the were you were playing game. this game in a weird weird way. So like I was. It was very finicky. Because um, this is a PC only release in English. You yes. know, it was it did come out on PS3, Vita, and PSP in Japan. Mm-hmm. But you you had to do some backdoor weird shenanigans to get this to play for you. I have a Mac. Yeah, so that could be a reason why the the fishing was weird for you and all yeah. that. But also, like it, like you said, there's there's poker, there's fishing, there's blackjack, there's a trivia game. There's a shooting game. Like it's you have just to shoot weird. As Josette on the Bobcat, it's very very odd. Um, there are a few like mini game doors. Like. Like, tonally, this game just seems all over the place. It is. And I don't know how I feel about that. Um, like, as an outsider looking at it, it just seems, like, very bizarre. I do think that bizarre is a good way to put this, because it it is hard to focus on it as Kevin's story when, like, you have so many of these side stories. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically, like, mini epilogues for everybody. Um... But, like, we have Olivier potentially, like, proposing to Shara. I'm not 100% sure on that, but, like, it sounded that way. It was very what odd. If what they if? named this Trails in the Sky another story so it could be The Legend of Heroes. <laughs> but actually, that would actually be a really It's a good, good title, movie. though. It's a really good title, and it fits actually what this is. Because this is not the third game in the trilogy. It's not. It's it's a. There's not three games in this. It's two games it's, and a side story. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Man. That said, I ended up liking Kevin way more than I thought yeah. that I would. It makes a whole lot of sense why people like very much like recommend that if you like Trails of Cold Steel, you need to go play Trails in the Sky, especially with the way this game is. Yeah. In particular, of how much it sets up for those games later on. Mm-hmm. So, it's interesting. I really liked this trilogy, um, or two games and a side story. This duology uh, and the side story. Yeah, I, I mean, the story was great. The characters were great. I really enjoyed it. Um, 
and I was glad to get more of this universe because I have fallen so hard into it. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Um, very briefly. Very briefly. Because we are running long. Yes, I know. Um, differences between the anime and game. Uh, Outside Josh- of the stuff you've already mentioned. Yeah, Joshua helps. Um, there is a scene in the uh, Hot Springs that is an optional quest in um, the game that becomes like an actual thing that happens here. Mm-hmm. Um, with the um, reveal of Joshua's backstory, it's told in a different place on the ship, which is not really all that important, but it is told in a different place. Um the first fight with Blue Blanc goes down outside the old schoolhouse at that um, school rather than inside of it. Um, but really, like, the changes are pretty minor. The biggest mm-hmm. one is that Joshua shows up way more than he does until yeah. the end of the second chapter. And so, so more or less, it's like this is just a good companion piece rather than, like, it being the, the way to, to get this story. Yeah, correct. And it doesn't get the ending at all, really. Hmm. It basically Alrighty. ends at like where they reunite. Ah, interesting. Don't want to show off too much. Which one thing that is cute uh, that I will end with is um, when they do reunite, uh, Estelle's like, so by the way, Buster, you owe me a kiss because that was my first kiss and you stole it by drugging me and that was not cool. So you better pay up, buddy. And I was like, okay, that's an interesting way to ask him to kiss you. But they do. They kiss. It's cute. But she's just like, all right, Buster. (laughs) Oh, Estelle. Her character development's amazing. She does also say she's going to go fight for her man at the end. So you're you're very away. much you're very much looking forward to them showing back up. Yes, very much. Which I, I assume is going to be real interesting for you. Like at some point we'll probably see these through, but to see how like the from how you left those characters off to where they will be now mm-hmm. when they show up and they'll be like much older and everything. So right. Well, they're the same age as the cold steel people, um, because they're like twenty twenty one something like that. Which is what Reen is. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what they've been up to, what yeah. they're gonna, what their personalities are like, and all that jazz. Yeah. Anyway, sorry I ran long. Nah, you're good. You're fine, buddy. Yay. But that's gonna do it for our. Blah, 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 blah. That's going to do it for our episode. So if you'd like more from us, go to SeasonalAmbitCheckup.com or SAC.cool so where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Season Lambert Checkup and Jared and Now Watch. You also find columns and reviews on the side as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to Anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash AnimeCheckup. And you can support us on Patreon, Patreon.com slash SACOVA. Buy us a slice of pizza mm-hmm. and get access to early versions of the podcast, unedited and all that sort of stuff. Fun times indeed. Mm-hmm. Next week, we're probably going to talk about some Doom. Probably. Also, I just did the math, and I put in like 170 hours across these three. Which is which is, which is a low. Yeah, because that's basically what I put into three. That's a single playthrough of a game. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about some Doom. 
Yep. That's it. Yep. yep. 